Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Kat. And today we are going to go into, I think, Kat's favorite subject of study. (laughs) We are going to talk about psychedelics and plant medicine. So this is the top episode that if my family hears, they will be (laughs) definitely triggered. But I have had the most beautiful experience with some of these things, and I know Kat has too. So we're really excited to share it with you, share our own personal experience, talk about what it looks like in society and why, and really go into like the details on all of this, which Kat has it ready for us. But the first thing I wanted to preface was... Yeah, this obviously has a shadow side. If you listen to our last episode, we talked about um, addiction and escapism. And I think a lot of these uh, substances have gotten a really bad reputation. Um, and yeah, Kat, I just want you to explain maybe why we have such a negative light in society on some of these things in the first place. For sure. Happy to. And yeah, the reason I'm so passionate about this topic is because it's like, it's kind of that counterculture introduction of things that just aren't normally talked about. And I love leaning into those things. So <laughs> That inner rebel cat has. Exactly. <laughs> yes. My Aquarius energy. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So we'll have to start with a little history lesson then. We'll take it back um, to the war on drugs. President Reagan and Nancy Reagan, just say no. Um, This was coming out of time when psychedelics were gaining such momentum in the healing space. It was the hippie era, era, and everyone was turning on. That was the name that they called for tripping at the time. Um, And music festivals were huge. People were... um, what was the um tim leary coined a phrase i think it was like turn on drop out it was something like that i'm probably butchering it um but it was about how people shouldn't just be enlisting in the military to go fight a war that we had nothing to do with as citizens uh really risking your life for the government like no just do these drugs basically was his message which he was pretty radical uh for then and now uh lots of thoughts and feelings on him but but yeah that was kind of his message and reagan had a big problem with that and just everything that was happening low enlisting numbers people actively going against that which was bad for government bad for his image as the head of the american society and so they started this whole propaganda against it which was the war on drugs which was just say no and painting what the effects of drugs could do to people on their on their brains i think I remember do you remember this one I think it was an ad and it was um like a a skillet and they cracked an egg and it said this is your brain on drugs (laughs) yeah yeah and we can't we were really raised in the like dare program the oh my gosh yeah the dare shirts like all the funny like talks yeah it really painted an image that if you ever expose any of this stuff like your life is going to just like fall apart like you will be the 
yeah, on the bad side of society. That's mm-hmm. that is the picture that was definitely painted for us young too. Yeah, exactly. And so now, after really decades of having no research done on the subject because it was so frowned upon for so long and made illegal, now um, they are just beginning to deepen these studies and. Um, the psychedelic assisted psychotherapy has been named the new frontier. So there's a lot of hope. And I even heard once that uh, one psychedelic trip when handled with intention and done correctly can have similar um, healing effects as seven years of therapy. And that's because it really catalyzes healing. It's not the drug. It's not the medicine itself. It's you actually doing the work, but it acts as a flashlight and I think the problem with this, with uh, the reputation of uh, psychedelics and plant medicine comes when people haven't been treating it with care. Uh, People who have been abusing it, like we talked about in our last Mm -hmm. episode, using it to numb and check out and escape. So the opposite of that is what's actually necessary in order for us to have those healing transformations. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would love to hear which ones are derived from plants and which ones are coming from something else. Just give us the layout of what we're working with. Yeah, for sure. So the most common psychedelics and plant medicine that you've probably heard of before, maybe, maybe not, they're cannabis, weed, psilocybin mushrooms, MDMA, also known as molly, ketamine, DMT, and ayahuasca. They have some overlap. Um, and LSD. Those are the big ones. The ones that are derived from plants are cannabis, psilocybin, DMT, and ayahuasca. Those are all naturally occurring and found in the wild and have been used for centuries by ancient civilizations um, as a part of ceremony and ritual. And MDMA, ketamine, and LSD are made in labs. They have been manufactured. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us the goods. So I was going to share my personal story. Um, one of the, I had my first like experience with mushrooms when I, I think it was probably age 20 when I first did it. Um, I had obviously been very uh, reckless with like weed and substances in general, but I knew to take mushrooms more seriously. I remember like Googling a bunch of like what I should do beforehand. I was like very nervous, like extremely nervous Um, coming off of that religion trauma too, terrified of any decision I could ever make, thought I would always be ruining my life. So I went in obviously in a very rough headspace, but I did a lot of studying on it beforehand and really got to read a lot of people's stories that were incredible experiences, very life-changing experiences. Um, And so I was like, you know, I think this could be a really good thing. So I remember I took it, I had a very good day leading up to consuming, and I went into what would be a 13-hour mushroom trip. Long. (laughs) Long. But the most magical 13 hours of my entire life, I have even told Danny that I think uh, that experience beats our wedding day. (laughs) And I hate to have to say that, but it was just like a really magical day. And I... I went outside for it. I read on all the blogs that going outside was going to be so much better. Um, 
I did it with two friends that were a very safe space and we all took the same amount. And yeah, I basically walked around like a woods uh, in the forest and I felt like I was a full spiritual being. I felt so aligned with nature. I felt like I could feel every single thing around me and it was so beautiful. Um, I hugged a tree for probably... I mean, t- time got real weird in those 13 hours, but I think I was with that tree at least two hours connected in touch. And I felt like the tree told me every single thing about its life. And I have never had a relationship to trees like the same ever since that. Like every tree I feel so so much respect to because I feel like I really met one of their family members. <laughs> it was so beautiful. And yeah, I just like looked around and seeing all the colors and seeing everything um, feeling everything. Oh my gosh. Talk about my Claire, like sentience and just already what I picked up. Like it was the most profound connection to my senses I had ever experienced. And yeah, I, I didn't even quite know how to go back to normal life after like, cause I was just in this state of bliss and I was so freaking happy. I went into work the next day and I was like the most joyous person and everything felt alive and real and beautiful. And I just felt like, um, yeah, it like lifted a veil of, um, I guess like, yeah, I don't think I had really, um, felt connected to anything around me I think I was really starting to feel disconnected and it like replugged me in I guess that would be the best way to describe my like first experience and yeah every single thing just kind of shifted and felt different after that tell me about one of yours oh my gosh <laughs> that's so amazing yeah. wow in 13 hours yeah Woo. what a first what a first Buckle run <laughs> yeah did not microdose uh, went oh. went hard and yeah yeah. I think you did it right, though. Yeah. It was a magical experience, it sounds like. Yeah, so, it really was. All you can hope for. Yeah. I remember thinking one other thought that popped up was, um, I know what all the movies have been trying to tell me, like all the weird, like trippy movies. I remember having this like, oh my gosh, yeah, but all the signs have been there all along, but I needed to do this. <laughs> like I was like having such a spiritual like connection of like, oh my gosh, like this has needed to happen. and. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh, and like, I think the best way to put these experiences is that they're, they're mystical. Yeah. Right? Very mystical. Very mm-hmm. mystical. Very And it spiritual. takes the reality that you feel like you're stuck in and it allows you to see that there is more, there is more than what our eyes can even perceive, mm-hmm. which we know that scientifically, but when you experience like a shift like that, um, yeah, it's very profound. Yes, absolutely. Well, my first time taking psychedelics was a little different. <laughs> I had not done research on it, and um, I was actually dosed. Dosed means that you were drugged, basically. So, <laughs> so sad. I mean, I so I was a freshman in college, so I was what like nineteen, mm-hmm. eighteen, nineteen at the time, and um, I was living with a few roommates. There were four of us, and uh, we had gotten tickets to the Further concert. And Further is a Grateful Dead tribute band. If you're unfamiliar with them. 
And so that was a vibe. Like, I think we, I think we maybe had an edible before going in and um, just like had a couple drinks. And I was really planning on it just being that, you know, um, but one of my roommates, she had a friend visiting from home at the time. And this friend was a little wild. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, just before we headed out to the show, we were just talking about psychedelics. It was a very foreign concept to me at the time. And I was, I, we were talking about how we were curious about it. And, you know, maybe one day that could be something we'd try after doing research like you <laughs> and sitting with it and deciding and, you yeah. So we go into the show and uh, already just there were people who were all from all different walks of life. Um, there was someone waving a sign saying, who's got my miracle looking for my miracle and she was looking for a ticket like i but she was wearing like full dreads flowy skirt got the full hippie experience total deadhead and i was like oh wow i'm like a preppy (laughs) college student at the time and it was just a different world to me i hadn't seen that um so we walk in and shell i'm not gonna say her name um (laughs) This my my roommate's friend, uh, she just starts walking around the Mullen Center at UMass saying, Acid, acid, who's got acid? And we're like, shut up. This is you get arrested. You get arrested. What are you doing? You can't do that here. We know you're visiting, but like that's not cool. That's not gonna fly. And the next thing we know, this guy pops up and he's like, I do. We're like, what? work and so we're following she just starts following this guy into the show and it's dark in there in the bowl you know where the show is happening and uh we're like oh god what's happening so they do their little drug deal and we're just trying to watch the show and settle in look around to find some seats and then she turns to us and she goes uh me and my other friend uh she goes let me see your tongues and we're like why and she goes i just want to see the color and we're like, okay, this girl's weird, but like, we'll show her our tongues. And so we stick our tongues out and then she puts something on them. Wow. And she goes, so that's acid. That's LSD. You uh, don't swallow it. Just leave it on your tongue for a little while. And I'll tell you like when you can take it off and don't worry about it. You can pay me back later. Wow. <laughs> wow. And we were just like, uh, what? And so we listened because we didn't really know what else to do. We were kind of shocked, taken aback. And then the music started and time goes by and I start looking around and it was a full tab, which I mean, nowadays I don't even take a full tab. <laughs> you went hard too. We both went really hard. On really our first. hard the first time. And so colors were being just, you know, shown all across the stadium. And I remember having this thought of like, I can taste what those colors look like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sensory stuff comes Sensory. Up. It was wild. Uh-huh. And then um, my other friend just started crying and I just turned to her and I was like what's wrong she goes everything's just so beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just very intense uh later on in the night this ended up being I think like a like a 12-hour experience as well but I remember looking in the mirror and feeling like who is that alien that I'm looking mm-hmm. back at yeah it was a lot it was very intense and I should also preference you know I was 18 19 years old and I didn't really have much of a relationship to myself at the time and I think that was really reflected in how this journey 
unfolded for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's starting, and that's part of the issue, right? If these can get more regulated, more studied, more looked at, more openly accepted, we can probably go about it a much better way than the way that a lot of people are exposed to it, which it kind of ends up having a shadow just from the way that most of them are illegal. Most of them are, uh, you have to get in sketchy ways and that definitely already puts a cloud over what could be a very beautiful experience and why those things even exist, which I do think they are very, a lot of people believe these plant medicines are very linked to a spirit that can be very loving and very guiding and that there's a very, there's like a, just a stronger, more in-depth reasoning behind these things. Mm -hmm. But what I want to know is from that, from that event, when did you get into being able to treat it more sacredly and use it more regularly in your life? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question. Because after that first experience, um, I said out loud to many people, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it was a lot. I actually felt pretty bad the next day. I think it took all of my serotonin at once. And I just felt really crappy. And I felt the guilt because it was so frowned upon and I wasn't planning on it. And it was just a big shock to my system. So I actually didn't touch it for maybe five years. Um, And I was pretty closed off. You know, I, I, was glad that I had that experience at the end of the day, but it wasn't something I was itching for again. Um, And then uh, hearing from some friends who had positive experiences and had taken it purposefully and with intention and hearing their takeaways, uh, that's when I began to get curious about it again. Mm -hmm. And so um, me, Kyle, uh, my best friend and two of our other friends, we booked an Airbnb one weekend and it was summertime and it was on this lake and we decided that this was going to be my reintroduction and um a first introduction to Kyle didn't do it at the time but like my best friend and uh some other people who were there too so that experience we were really intentional with it um I was really careful I had done so much research by that time you know because I didn't want to completely have uh, just go in head first like I did the first time and so we had less and um it was LSD again and um we set intentions and so we literally took a moment to go around in a circle and just share what we were looking to gain out of this experience Mm -hmm. and this was a time in my life where I was working, I was out of college at the time, I was working my first job, didn't love it, knew it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And so I was just looking for kind of a a purpose, which is a big intention to look for from a trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But uh, the way that this transpired, I learned so much about myself on this second journey. Mm -hmm. And it changed my relationship with the drug with the medicine to a point where I wasn't itching to do it again after I had felt like I learned so much that I needed to journal and really integrate the experience Mm -hmm. and the big difference was the set and the setting and I took the right amount I was confident about that and the setting was right I wasn't just in a crowd of people 
where I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded in a quiet place in nature with my best mm-hmm. people. And that was a massive difference. And I've taken it many times since then in different capacities, all controlled with intention, focused on the set and the setting. And it has changed my whole relationship with myself. Yeah. I shared before with that first trip of how I looked in the mirror and I saw just a foreign being. Mm -hmm. It looked like an alien and I thought it was really scary. Like it was really creepy. And fast forward to now that I have so much more self-love for myself and have learned to appreciate the wrinkles. I have my gray hairs Mm -hmm. just myself as I am now whenever I look at myself in the mirror and I'm under the influence of psychedelics I feel so much love for myself and I do this you know off of them too but it's just so much deeper yeah it's just so much deeper and I just give it's myself cool a little journey. Cool to see the yeah journey. exactly so that's a really big obvious um transformation for me yeah beautiful yeah and I have also had ex- many experiences since that and yeah they all kind of come with their own journey their own lessons um I've definitely set different intentions at the beginning and I do think um it surfaces a lot up. I do kind of believe now, like in retrospect, looking back that I do think some level of, I guess, maybe being more open to a spiritual journey, or having maybe done a little bit of work on yourself first could be a nice precursor. I guess for some like having, you know, taking one of these substances when they're so regiment, and so boxed in, it could be the only thing to make you shift because you might not even um, realize there's a whole other world (laughs) of this stuff. But I do think kind of starting a little bit of self-awareness first can make the experiences a lot more powerful. I think the more that I got on my spiritual journey, the more that those experiences were more in depth. And yeah, I feel like they are profoundly spiritual. Um, I don't know if my first one was as spiritual, it was kind of just like wonder. (laughs) Now I think I've had like way more, even more spiritual experiences happen along my trips as I've gotten deeper into that world. But yeah, one of the life after starting psychedelics, it really, um, it continues to lift the veil of what our reality even is. I think we can feel kind of bland and hopeless with how regiment our world is and how many, um, yeah, you can always find something wrong, right? You can always find something wrong. It's very easy to get stuck in a negative vortex. And it's kind of rightfully so to be stuck in a negative vortex because there is a lot of suffering. And once I've had that, the psychedelic experiences under my belt, I think I was, it was so much easier to beauty hunt. It was so much easier to find, um, a way to kind of restructure what I was seeing in front of me. I also think that it helped my imagination and knowing the power. I speak about that a lot on my social media page is the importance of imagination, but I know that I can, uh, hone in on a color in my environment. I know that I can try to turn little things I'm seeing into faces. And I know I can find like a sense of play even amongst the most difficult times. And I don't think I would have 
really linked that enough without having my psychedelics under my belt. Um, what about you for life after? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with all of that. Um, so the, the magic that happens in the brain with psychedelics is that it lights up areas all at once that don't usually get lit up at the same time. And so that provides us with access to our minds in ways that we have really never accessed them before. And the only way to continue this is through states of meditation. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit more too. But um, yeah, things are more magic. Like it's really, it's hard to put it another way, but you just feel a deeper connection with your place in the world. Um, I'll look at a tree now and be like, oh yeah, like we're all here together. Yes. That's just mm -hmm. as alive as I am. And a deep reverence for animals and other people and people's journeys. And yeah, just kind of putting the ego aside and fully being present to, you know, whatever comes up. So it helps me tap into my feelings. It also, you know, I will share that coming up on psychedelics is a pretty intense experience. And like you were just mentioning, Jen, like doing that self work uh, leading up to it can be super helpful to establish those like coping and grounding mechanisms for when that time comes because it is an overwhelming feeling you're out of you're somewhat out of control compared yeah. to normal so if you've never practiced any form of surrendering it's gonna feel like it's taking over like it can be overwhelming if you're not used to any form of surrendering mm -hmm. I think exactly yeah. and once you make it past that hump which you always do. It's never like up there forever. It is just like a hump that kind of dips down. Once you make it through that, like I have just learned to trust myself in any situation. Yeah. Because when that happens time and time again, and you see yourself through and you learn to talk to yourself from your highest self, not your inner critic, that's when you learn how to do that and return to that in everyday life. Yes. And that is probably my greatest gift from psychedelic medicine is yeah. talking to myself in a really positive, loving way and knowing that I'm going to get through whatever is headed my way. I love that. I love that takeaway. So good. Yeah. So clearly the effects are not all bad from any of that campaigning. Like I learned to see the world as the most beautiful place in the entire world. And Kat learned to deeply love and connect with herself <laughs> to great things. And yeah, I really think about, um, yeah, were these things given to us for a reason? There's always that you can ponder on and what the world would look like if everyone had an experience like that under their belt, because I don't think the structure that we've created would look anywhere near the same because I think a lot of the way we've structured the world has come from this more regimented way of thinking. And so, yeah, I think that giant hippie movement that happened at that time, people were unboxing themselves, feeling wild. And of course that got spun around to um, look at these drug addicts. They're, yeah, they're crazy. They're not thriving in society it's actually just as sickening to thrive in a society that's built the way we have been. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really <laughs> So I think that was recognized at that moment, but somehow the other force won at that time. And I think us coming back to these old studies that have been dormant and psychologists getting more access to be able, being able to use these things. If we can get, that sense back and we can really actually this time stay on that research and not let 
the other side win the side that like wants to keep this structure that's clearly causing so many people to feel sick and stuck and dead inside and part of the reason we're having such a fallout and mental health like these things are needed and when you're with a whole safe group that is experiencing one of these like plant medicines or psychedelics like the whole guard goes away everything that you've yeah you can remove your ego so easy and the connectedness that's below that is so magical that yeah it makes you realize that we can do a lot of change like we can really change a lot of this we're not as stuck as we think but there's so many people that haven't experienced these things so I hope that this research continues to blossom because what the world would look like if we all knew of this aliveness would be like vastly different I really believe that a hundred thousand percent it's uplifting the collective consciousness Mm -hmm. and Wow, what can come of that? (laughs) This is really just the launching off point, which is what's so exciting. This work is continuing now. And so to give you all a little update on where this stands, (laughs) like with the studies, there's um, four phases of trials that these medicines have to pass. And to give you a little insight on what these different medicines can be used for, um, I have a little bit of information to clarify on that. Ketamine is known for helping people uh, with anxiety and depression. MDMA is heavily being studied right now for healing um, trauma and PTSD. Mushrooms for OCD, depression, anxiety, and overcoming addiction, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And uh, cannabis for pain management, helping people who deal with seizures, and more things like that. So right now, um, ketamine is the one psychedelic that has been approved, and it has actually been approved for quite some time, which was a little surprising for me to learn about. Um, But the ones that are kind of next up on deck are MDMA and psilocybin. Mm -hmm. They're one phase away. They're in phase three right now. Phase four means they've been approved. And then LSD is in phase uh, two. So that's where they stand right now. And Jen and I are super excited (laughs) to share that we are going to be co-workers (laughs) officially working for a company called Mind Bloom. We uh, recently got jobs as psychedelic guides. So So we have so, we're going to have so many things to share, I'm sure, from just what we get to experience inside that world. But yeah, we're, we're really passionate about these things, um, being able to help make greater leaps of change than what we have been seeing. And I think that we're really desperately needing that. So we're very inspired to, yeah, be on the forefront of people working with clients that are getting to legally experience these substances and move through it and there's been profound research on the benefits of these things Mm -hmm. and I think the more research we have the more it'll continue to dismantle the stigma that's behind a lot of these things anyway Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah 100 percent. and a little bit more on ketamine since that's what we'll be guiding people through um with mind bloom you are set up with a clinician so you have that like doctor figure to get the dosage right find out if you're even a match because um pretty much anyone who's dealt with anxiety or depression can be unless you have some family history of schizophrenia bipolar uh, mental health issues like that in the past 
So that is taken a look at very seriously. And then you're guided through the experience. And then um, what we will be doing is help people integrate that experience into their lives. So it's not just one siloed aha moment, Mm -hmm. but something that you can actually uh, digest and Think back to when you're in stress triggers of how you want to talk to yourself and see the world. So that's very exciting. It's also um, one of the only rapid acting antidepressants right now, which means that you don't have to take it like every single day, like you might well Butrin, Prozac, other things, other pharmaceuticals right now that people have become dependent on. So it's moving away from that and moving into a new way to think of healing and therapy. That's so beautiful. And I think me and Kat, our personal experiences with it, which I noted while we were both talking about it, was we've handled it with a lot of respect and not overdone it. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to keep remembering the stuff is meant to be sacred. I think I mean, if you're in that world and you've been exposed to it a lot and you've seen it, there are so many people that, um, yeah, use it unintentionally, use it in, um, they don't see it as like being a sacred experience. They do it more as, um, yeah, a party escape. Mm -hmm. And so remembering that, um, yeah, we want to treat these things sacredly. And I really do think if we look at it from an energetic standpoint, if you put this very um, positive uh, mindset going in, and you really say and set the intention that I want to align with this experience or this experience, this is what I'm needing, I really think you can get that out of these things. So if you have people around you that have over abused these things, you can always, yeah, it's it's important to remember that we need to bring it back to these things being sacred because that's part of how we're going to make the collective change for these having a positive reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to see people, yeah, using it the right way at the same time. Exactly. They're powerful tools for healing when they're used correctly. Mm-hmm. When they're abused, it can be just as reckless as driving a car erratically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do that, you're going to crash. And so uh, that's the main thing we want to really emphasize behind this is it just needs to be done the right way. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I hope that this was insightful. Kat, do you have some resources that we can go to? Because I know you have read some good stuff on this. Yes, I'm constantly trying to further my own education on this subject because it's it's constantly evolving, which is what's so exciting and great about it. So I have two to keep it really digestible for now. Um, one is a book called How to Change Your Mind. And this is by Michael Pollan. And the reason I love this book is because it gives a really neutral and scientific way to approach all of these different psychedelics and plant medicine. And he actually shares his experience on each of them. Um, So he is, you know, if you know Michael Pollan, he's a big foodie. And so his book on this, uh, I think was a, a little bit surprising to some people. But He is a big proponent for deepening education on the subject, and it is such an informational book. And if you're looking to grow, you know, even just open your mind about the topic, I would really recommend that. And then another um, a documentary, if that's more your speed watching, is called Dying to Know. And this is a documentary with Ram Das and Tim Thieleary. If I you haven't met those people and your journey or studied them, yeah, start that deep dive. <laughs> oh they pop gosh. up over and over again once you're in the world of spirituality. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially Ram Das. Yes. Like he is 
so smear and beard. Yes. Oh my goodness. He wrote Be Here Now. So many beautiful talks with him. And yeah, so you're welcome for yes. that. <laughs> and we've said this one before, but Fantastic Fungi will reiterate too, because I thought yes. that documentary was is newer and amazing and really got me like pumped up about this subject in general too. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you, Kat. Thank you, Jen. We will see you guys next week. Don't forget to go rate us on the Awaken Together podcast on Spotify and Apple, and you can add us on Instagram at Awaken Together Podcast. Bye. See you next time.